This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome to the Center for Sports Studies podcast. My name is Brandon Podgorski, Professor of Sport Management at Trine University, and I want to welcome you to this week's podcast. On today's podcast, I am joined by the host of the wildly popular sports podcast, Crane & Company, Jake Crane. Jake and his co-hosts, Blaine Crane and David Cohn, use their experiences as former college athletes to give an insider's view of sports. Jake began the podcast as a weekly show during the pandemic in 2020, while on furlough from his job as a college football coach in Montana. It has now grown into a daily show and is part of the Daily Wire Network, the sixth largest podcast publisher in the United States. In this episode, Jake discusses how he built his show and offers advice to students on how they can start their own sports podcast by being authentic. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, so last week he was talking with Brett Favre. This week he's talking with the Trine Center for Sports Studies. Not sure how I pulled this one off, but I do want to welcome the host of Crane & Company, one of the top-ranked sports show sports podcasts in the country, Jake Crane to the show. Jake, welcome. Hey man, I, I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me. Yeah, it's um, I, I always tell people I'm still waiting to wake up from a coma and, and let them tell me which uh, Mack truck or semi hit me on the interstate. Uh, but now I'm excited to be here, man. I know you guys got some big things going on in the communication department, and uh, I know you guys are at the ground floor right now. But that's the best time to get in. It's like shoot, even the janitors at Microsoft got some of that that stock, so they're millionaires now. So it's always fun to be in on the ground floor and. Uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate and, and very blessed and uh, up here in Nashville now working with a great company uh, with Shapiro and all them. So, yeah, man, it's uh, it's been wild because I've only been doing this really about two years. So it's been it's been crazy. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about first was just your growth, because I think you started your podcast. So the J Boy podcast mm-hmm. um, the, or the J Boy show, you just started, I think, in your living room with your with your laptop during COVID. Yeah. And now you know, you're part of the sixth largest podcast publisher in the country. So mm-hmm. just tell us about that, how you got started to, to where you are today. And it's a wild story. You know, it's it's probably different than a lot of people. So I, I played at South Alabama. I coached uh, nine years in college football, six at the Division One level, and was up coaching in Montana, uh, basically right next to the North Pole up there. Um, and uh, COVID hit. And our head coach was like, all right, uh, we got to send the coaches back. We got to send the players back. I don't know how long it's going to be. So this is when like it just really started and was ramping up. So I go back and that was the first year of the early signing period in recruiting. So I had pretty much all the recruiting wrapped up for that class. And so I was like, man, I was trying to do something to keep myself busy. Uh, I was a communication major uh, in college and uh, took some classes um, that I really, really enjoyed Cause when I was a kid, you know, and my dad played at Auburn, coached in the SEC, played in the NFL and stuff like that. We were a, we were a sports family and I always knew I wanted to play and get into coaching. But my backup plan was always, I wanted to be an anchor for sports center because that was back when sports center was like sports center. It was like Kenny main, Linda Cohn, Stuart Scott, Bob Levy. I mean, the lineup was ridiculous and they would just rerun sports center. I'd watch it two or three times in a row in the morning. I'd watch that and baseball tonight. Uh, all the time. And so my backup plan was, you know, I wanted to be an, an anchor on ESPN. And uh, what's funny, when I was younger, they had this show, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, where you could audition to, to be like an anchor on ESPN. 
And uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I can't remember it, but they, you know, it was on, on ESPN and they'd show it. And I was too young, but I sent in a submission anyway. And it was just fun. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, so, yeah, got sent back during uh, COVID, during the quarantine, went and uh, didn't have my school laptop. I left that up there. I uh, had an old Acer laptop and got like a $50 mic off Sweetwater dot uh, com shameless plug there uh, and was like you know I'm just gonna just start talking because again you know my thinking was I'm just doing this to bide the time you know I'm not I didn't go into a thing like all right I I want to do this and get out of coaching and do it and I also didn't understand like views like what what was a good amount of views like to me like Joe Rogan was good like that amount of views that's what I was looking at and so I was looking at it early I re- talked about recruiting a little bit. Uh, just talk, you know, some schematical stuff, football wise. And like the views I was looking and I was like, all right, like the first one, first two days got like 8,000 views. I'm like, man, that must be terrible. Like that, that must be really bad. And then the next one got like 15. So a couple of weeks go by and I'm just putting out a couple of week and I keep having people on social media tell me like, dude, you need to do more of these. You need to do more of these. So I'm like, all right. Um, and I was mainly just talking about Auburn and the SEC really. And so I did a few more of them. And then a week later, I started getting emailed about like sponsorships, like ads. And so I'm like, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, you'll pay because like podcasting is still kind of the wild, wild rest, right? Sure, like sure. The, the market's really not set on like 30 second ad reads, 60 second ad reads and stuff like that. I didn't know that. So I'm looking at all these ads, you know, you get four ads going at $1,500 a piece. I mean, that's your, your make. I was starting to make more than I was coaching, like within the first three weeks of this. Then I got reached out to by the guys at the Believe Network. Uh, so just started messing around with them. And a few more weeks went by. Still, you know, talking to our head coach. He's like, guys, I still don't know. I still don't know. Well, like two months goes by. And at this point, I'm putting one out like every day. And it's starting to like really take off. Um, and no guests, just me, just talking. And so I get reached out to by some investors in Atlanta who are like, hey, man, we found the show. You know, we think it could be big. I'm just doing audio. Like I'm not a technical savant by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. Like me getting the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify was, you know, equivalent to me building an iPhone from scratch. Like that was, that was like my masterpiece. So, and I'm sure everybody's going to laugh at that, but that's okay. Um, so I ended up calling our head coach and I'm like, look, man, like this happened. Uh, I was interviewing for the DC job, uh, even, even remote. I'm like, this happened. I think I want to try it out. You know, I'm young, so I can get back in it if I need to. And he's like, look, man, like, you trust yourself, whatever. <laughs> um, so I ended up, he drove all the way up to the airport, was going to fly back and like talk to him like man to man and just talk to him on the phone. He was like, man, just do it. See how it goes. You know, the door is always open here, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, all right. So in my mind, I'm like, here's what I'm going to do. Because in the coaching world, you're working. You know how it is. I mean, it's 20-hour days, man. Yeah. Like, that's no no BS, especially the higher levels you go to. I mean, I would sleep on the air mattress up at the office at work. <laughs> um, so I, I'm on the way back, and I'm like, all right, here's my plan. I'm going to go every day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to outwork everybody in this space. Because I was like, if I can put the same effort and time into doing this than I did in coaching, because I looked around, like, when I started doing it, to be honest with you, at some of the media people and were like, man, like 
I know they know football, mm-hmm. but do you really know it though? Like mm-hmm. everybody can do narratives like, like, Oh, well, LSU needs to run the ball better. Well, yes. My French bulldog puppy could tell you that, but what, what is it? Are they not good enough to go big on big and run gap scheme and power counter and trucks and trap and stuff like that? Do they need to run more zone so that it has more places to hit, get the defense moving laterally? Cause again, I was in it for nine years. I always tell people if I was a chef for nine years at a high level, I'd probably have a pretty good chef podcast. So I was like, I'm gonna start getting guests. So I started doing that and uh, man, they moved me to Atlanta uh started going to video that's where i met david cone who's now a co-host on the show former michigan quarterback he did all the video production my brother was an executive producer who was also coaching at the time who decided to get out of it uh to help me on this when it started to blow up and so i'm, I'm in atlanta and it's going great the numbers are great the downloads keep increasing the timing's perfect because like gus malzahn got fired from auburn like all the yeah. stars are lining up and uh so we get a cold email from colin cowherd and like at first, I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay, you know, who is this? Who, which one of my former teammates are, are right. playing a trick on me? So they're like, no, this is really us. So we set up a meeting with them, ended up flying out to LA, meeting Colin, um, flew back, started with uh, the volume, signed a six month deal with them uh, through football season. We we're doing like three and a half million downloads a month. Like Colin was beating us by like a million. So, which, you know, it's pretty good considering yeah. we've been you know, only on the channel for like three months. So we're renegotiating as, as it does in the business. You know, we have our representation talking to their representation because we started at LLC, obviously. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> so we're in the middle of renegotiating and I get a DM from Ben Shapiro. That's like, uh, Hey man, I'm listening to the show. This, this is really good. And it, like, at first you're like, and Am I the biggest fan of LeBron off the court? No, but that'd be like LeBron coming up to you being like, Hey man, you're good at basketball. Right. You know what I'm like right. You're good at basketball. It's like, wow. I was like, thanks. So he was like, what's your phone number? So I give him my phone number. He calls me instantly. I'll never forget. I was sitting out eating lunch and you know, Shapiro I get a call from Shapiro enterprises. Uh, so I answer it and he's like, look, man, we, you know, we're branching out the daily wire. We've never done sports. We want to, we want y'all to be our sports show. What's your contract situation? And they just so happened to call us in the middle of a renegotiation. So, you know, we, we basically had Cowherd and Shapira going back and forth to each other, which is a great bidding war to be a part of. And so they, uh, we ended up committing, you know, to the daily wire and came up here and it's just been awesome, man. I mean, we just had a, uh, fantasy draft with Shapiro and all them were, you know, and, and, uh, which I'm definitely going to win. Uh, you should go check that out, but it was, it was funny watching the guys draft, but now the daily wire, it's unbelievable, man. Look, we don't talk politics on our show. Like it's sure. funny. One of the first things we had up there when we met with them was, uh, I was like, look, you know, I, I'm not trying to be Clay Travis. Like, like that's not what my audience wants. You know, there's some stuff where it does intersect where we touch on it. Um, you know, obviously the Leah Thomas stuff and things like that, but we don't go out of our way. That's why I think ESPN's really dropped the ball. They turned into a political network that talks about sports sometimes. Like we, we want sports is like one of the last havens where the vitriol is only team to team. It's not like truly personal between somebody's ideology. And I feel like the minute we lose sports, we lose one of the biggest places you can go to escape all that other stuff. Cause this society right now is just so at each other's throats. Well, do you think that's one of the reasons for your success? Cause as you know, I, I listen to a lot of uh, sports, whether it be podcast, radio, whatever. And I think it's something, you know, 
and I've said this in our emails, kind of back and forth a little bit, you know, being a coach, not coach basketball, not football, but I can tell when you guys are analyzing games, you know, you're right. It's not just a general, hey, we need to run the ball a little bit more. Or we need to do this or this. I mean, you're kind of explaining why things happen. And mm-hmm. As I think about some of the conversations that I have with my buddies in sport, I mean, it's the same thing we would be having if we were in my yeah. living room there, right? So do you think that's why you've kind of maybe caught lightning in the bottle when you did? Because, you know, you get away from maybe kind of the social impacts. You know, they're there. I mean, sometimes you have to recognize them because they yeah. transcend the sport. But it's just, hey, you know, we're talking about the sport. We've got on interesting guests. And that's what people really want to hear. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, well it's, like I always say, like if I, if I want to learn how to cook something, I'm going to watch the cooking channel, not ESPN. You know, again, like you you know what you're clicking on. And, and you know, like you said, there's times where it doesn't intersect because I love the sport. But you could say a lot of things are political. You could say NIL is political. Hell, you could say the transfer portal is political. So people can kind of wind up and do these mental gymnastics. Our thing is I, my whole goal. And I think it's a couple things to answer your question. Mm-hmm. I think it's not being politically narratively driven where we're trying to shove some agenda down your throat outside of who we think is going to win what game. But I think it's also being able to, because in coaching, this is where it helps because you know how this, how this goes. You have to take complex problems and put them in layman's terms to an 18 year old kid in my case, or in high school, even younger, where they can understand it because it doesn't matter how much I know. It doesn't matter how much, you know, it's how much we know we can get them to know. That's the whole goal because coaches don't catch a pass during the season. They don't throw one. They don't shoot a three pointer. They don't hit back cleanup. It's your job to explain it to them. So I think using that mixed with the obvious knowledge, but mixed with the vibe that we have between me, David, and my brother, because you, you could say a lot of things, I guess, about our show, but it's, you can't say it's not genuine. Like you, the best compliments I get are like, man, I feel like I know who you really are. Like, I really feel like, like you're just like my buddy Troy or something like that. Like that's what we were trying to get to because I wanted it to feel like, I wanted the show to feel like, you got a decoder ring to sneak into your favorite team's facility and you're in there while they're after a uh, late night, the coaches are together, having a couple beers, drawing up plays, talking about stuff in a, in a vibe that's not talking at somebody, but are not talking down to somebody. Like I'm trying to treat you like a five-year-old, like you don't know, but I want to explain things where when you get done listening to it, you're like, man, that was a great time. We have we go live, so we get our chat involved. We call it the booster club. They're always talking, asking questions and stuff like that. And then you then when you get done, you're like, I actually learned something. Because my my favorite slogan we have of the show is win the water cooler. And you're like, what does that mean? Well, the water cooler, at least it used to be, was a place where you'd go to work and people would congregate and you'd talk about the game last night, or you'd argue over is Georgia better than Alabama. Well, I want you, whether it's at work whether it's at a family discussion where it's you and your brother or your uncle or your brother-in-law arguing about whatever, that you're more equipped to win the argument than you've ever been because there's nothing more satisfying than winning an argument about sports against somebody that you care about. It's just the truth. <laughs> well, you know, the trash talk between you and your brother during the fantasy draft, I mean, spoke to that just a couple nights ago. Yeah, he got worked. I mean, again, you know, you can say, it's like Shapiro says, facts don't care about your feelings. Look, did Cooper Cup have a good first game? Yes. Did it justify him taking him number two overall? Yes. But I got Derrick Henry at three and the team's loaded. We're really good. Uh, had a lot of conversations with him. So we, we, we all believe. I love it, man. Uh, 
so, for, you know, I, I have a few students who want to start their own sports podcast, one who already has and two are kind of thinking about it, maybe dabbling a little bit. How could they get started? Like you said, you had a, an old Acer laptop and I don't know, maybe some headphones. Yeah. Like if they just wanted to get going, what's the route to go? Yeah. Number one, I'll say, if you guys ever want me on, I'm always down to come on. If you got people, oh, people had me on when, when I had just started and I want to keep paying that back. Uh, here's, here's what I would say. The barrier of entry is easier than it's ever been. If a guy like me can figure out how to set up, how to get on Apple podcasts and Spotify, you don't have to start out on video, but that's not, not the hardest part. You know, there's, there's guys that can set it up for you in 10 minutes and it's really easy and get you, uh, you know, your, your link on, on Apple podcasts, but what's going to separate you is a couple things. Number one, you have to really be yourself. And that's an easy thing to say. And everybody says it and it's really cliche, but, but when you're talking and it's just you, it's just you talking to a mic. So if you're being fake, there's no audience in front of you. If you're being fake or you're trying to be disingenuous or talk about things you don't know, it's hard enough to argue that way with other people. But when you're listening to yourself and talking, you can catch yourself up. So regardless, if you're knowledgeable about it, people can tell. doesn't matter how fast you talk or how slow you talk. If they're getting something out of it, they're getting something out of it. The second thing is you have to have some way to separate yourself. But that doesn't mean you go out and have crazy hot takes or you're some shock jock because that doesn't last. There's a great saying in the beginning of the Drake Jay-Z song Pound Cake when he's talking about music. Real music's going to last. All the other BS is here today and gone tomorrow. You may get 15 seconds of fame. You may get 15 minutes of fame, but you don't keep people like that because the goal isn't just to keep people or isn't just to add people. It's to keep people. So be yourself. Talk about stuff you know and don't say things just for a reaction because you will find that down the road you have opinions that go against the grain of what other people think. And you can actually yeah, arch, you can actually argue that opinion. So is there any specialized equipment or anything they need or, hey, if they've got yeah. a laptop with a Mac, let's just go. I mean, like I said, the barrier of entry is so easy. If you have a, a laptop and you have a mic, you can get it done. Like I literally did this with an old, and I have pictures to prove it, with an old Acer laptop and a $50 mic that I plugged into the side of it. Uh, if I, like I said, if I can do it, you guys could do it. And it'll probably sound a lot better than what mine sounded in the beginning. Cause again, I've had a, I've been very fortunate. Now we don't have to worry about that stuff anymore, but when we were doing the J boy show and having to set stuff up, I mean, it just, it wasn't a great situation for me early, but I did learn. So all the technology stuff that you're learning, use it. I could have really used it starting out. So that was another question I had for you. Now you go from just kind of being a one-man band and now you're in a studio and you've probably got people helping you. You've got a, a panel. Like what's your day-to-day -day like now as full-time sports talk show host? Man, uh, it's it's great. I'm not going to sit here and, and act like, you know, I, I worked in the steel mill during the summer in high school and did construction. I know what a yep. real, you know, manual labor job is. But, you know, we moved our show time. So we used to go uh, from two to three uh, central time. So three to four Eastern during the afternoon. And we were doing so well, they wanted to move us into drive time. Okay. So we're going live from 630 to eight central, obviously at 730 to nine Eastern. So I get up, we set the show the night before, but you got to okay. understand, we set the show a little bit different. 
So like we have topics, right? But we don't ask each other what we think about it because we want genuine reactions on the show. Some of these guys will walk in and they'll have 10 writers. And they'll be like, all right, on this topic, give me your opinion. Bang, bang, bang. They'll have their opinion. But if one of the writers has a better opinion, they're going to go with that. And a lot of time it's the more clickable opinion. I don't like that approach, but hey, you know what? I'm not right about everything. So we set the show, we go over our topics. We don't say what we're going to, what we're going to opine on or, or what we really think. If anything changes overnight now, we'll add it into one of our rapid fire segments. I call them the catch-all segments. Uh, that way we're able to get every sport kind of represented in each show outside of the main things that we're talking about uh, during that show. So I get up about 4.15 in the morning um because I, I i have a routine I'm, I'm a routine person uh you know i take my shower look over my bets if any lines have changed you know any breaking news or anything we need to add get to the studio my call time you know now they put like man, this is so weird to say still like makeup on us and stuff like that <laughs> uh, so we have like wardrobe and stuff so i gotta be in there at 5 40 uh send out all the tweets i need to go in there and write our bets on the board we joke around a little bit, have some coffee, get ready for the show, and we just rock and roll, man. Well, you know, you mentioned social media, and, and I'll have you plug the show and, and plug your own here yeah. in, in just a little bit. But, you know, how big a piece is that as well? Because, I mean, you've got to be able to market these podcasts and get it out to people. And I know you're really active on just about all the platforms, especially yeah. Twitter. Yeah. So how, how much do students, if the, this is what they'd want to get into, do they need to invest in that and put some time in that social media? It's, it's a must. It's, it's, you know, to use a football term, it, it's your run game, man. I mean, yep. you can't, uh, not even just for a show, for any business that's starting nowadays, if you're not on social media, I mean, you're already behind the eight ball. Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've used social media. It has been as big of a multiplier for people that, that I've had, whether it's putting clips on there that get a hundred, hundreds of thousands of views that lead people to the show. Um, I use it every day. And so some, more advice for social media and for when you're going to release your stuff, get in people's drive time, like get in their routine. If you can do it in the morning while people are getting ready or driving to work or in the afternoon, the evening when they're leaving work, that's when people are really listening to stuff, especially just audio, especially just audio video. You can find it anytime. I mean, people will stop at lunch and watch short videos and stuff like that. But from an audio download standpoint, where the money really is when it comes down to sponsorships, being in people's routine and in that drive time is going to give you all you can ask for is a chance for people to listen to you. I'm not saying it's going to make it work. I'm not saying people are going to like what they hear, but all you can ask for is a chance to get people to listen to you. If they like you, then great. You found something. If they don't love it or it's not going great for a while, not just off the rip, then you may need to change something. Life's a game of adjustments. It's one of the best coaches that, that win the most are the ones that adjust the most in the second half, the, the best way. So that's some more advice that I'd give. So what's the future look like for, for you and, and Crane and company? You know, we, we have a, a multi-year deal here at the Daily Wire. Uh, we really like it. They don't tell us what to say. Um, I love, we just bought a house up here in Nashville, me and my fiance did, and we love it. We love the area where we're at. I love working with my brother. I love working with Cone. You know, I never say never to anything. I want to get into broadcasting games too. Um, that's something okay. that, that I want to be able to call, you know, color commentary on games and stuff like that. Um, I, I've made a lot of good friends that do it. Uh, Tim Brando, Tom Luganville, Cole Kublik. Uh, so I want to get into that. But man, I, I love what we're doing right now. 
I think, you know, the sky is the limit right now at the daily wire. We're on pace to be bigger than, than uh, Fox news in three years. So I, you talk about getting the ground floor. I mean, we're the first ever sports show uh, for the daily wire. So we really were, were the ground floor. And that was an opportunity that I felt like, you know, we couldn't turn down to grow as they grow. That's fantastic. And, you know, again, you know, want to be respectful of your time and just, really, oh, dude, I got time. Really we're good. All right. Hey, then I'll keep you as long as you'll let me. So what do you think it was then, you know, you're, you're negotiating with Colin Cowherd and then all of a sudden out of the blue, you get a call from, from Ben Shapiro. And, and again, you know, this is not what we're doing. This is not a political, um, a political podcast, but the daily wire and, and his company is huge with, I yeah. think they've got 12 or 13 different podcasts, not to mention the website and the movies and everything else they're into. So what do you think it was? I mean, just being one guy with the podcast that really kind of caught their ear. Was it just your views as a coach? Um, obviously, you guys are big on, on sports gambling and, and bringing in some of your things on that. I mean, mm -hmm. is it a one shot thing that really kind of got their attention or? It's a good question. So when Ben told me, because I asked him the same question, he was like, man, he was like, I just found it randomly. And he was like, I was listening to it. And he was like, it was so unbelievably easy and entertaining to listen to and it was informative he was like you guys didn't sound like all the other sports broadcasters that are like hello my name is mike jennings and today we tell you why by you know it's 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 more of hey we're 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 people like we're i always say the show is is for the people by the people i mean it was like a real conversation as opposed to somebody sitting there and you know like i said almost talking at you or you know kind of changing their voice like batman um every time they get on the air it's just like you, you could listen to the show and be like okay those guys know what they're talking about because it's not like all like ha ha laugh like we'll get into it with each other every now and mm -hmm. then too when we disagree so it was just that vibe really i i think and and again that's something i don't think you can fake like i think you either got that or you don't and uh, especially when you start adding other people into it and being able to play off each other because again you know me and blandon cone haven't been doing this together on the show for even a year yet yet the chemistry because we're actually really friends off the air like a lot of times what you're hearing on the show most of the time is exactly how we talk off the air you know maybe a little bit cleaner language though sure sure absolutely do you think you would ever get back into coaching because i know you know kind of looking <laughs> at your past history you know i know that's you know growing up you're playing sports you know you're, you're an athlete in college and then you're coaching you know i know for me you know i've been a professor now for six years but every time October comes, I start getting itchy when I start hearing balls bouncing in the gym, yeah, yeah. right? Um, I don't think I'd ever get back into it unless, you know, one of my best friends became a head coach and said, okay, you can do it. But, you know, you can actually go home at the end of the night. Uh, is this going to be it for you? And you think you'll be in broadcasting or, you know, yeah. would you ever get back into coaching? Yeah, no, nah, man, this is it for me. And like, I loved coaching. I'm as competitive as anybody is out there. You know, when, you think back when it's getting closer to game day and, you know, you miss, you know, being in there with the guys and, and talking before the game and, and you go through all that suffering and all that prep for a couple opportunities. And, you know, I always got more enjoyment out of watching them have success on the field. Oh yeah, uh, That was something I always, always loved, but now, nah, man, I mean, not having to depend on 18 to 22 year olds to put food on the table. Uh, I can see my beautiful fiance uh, a lot more. Cause I grew, like I said, I grew up with a dad that was a coach. I mean, I, I you know, I'd, I'd cry every time he'd come in the house. So I was five, six years old. Cause I mean, he'd be gone most of the time. So I'm going to be able to, to be more available for my family. And I'm not saying it was wrong what he did, but uh, 
you know, it's just the truth of the business. So no, it's a great spot, man. Like, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm so fortunate and uh, they pay me to wake up and talk about sports. Like I, I could not, if you asked me, like, if Jake, if you had to do something for, you know, for the rest of your life, what would it be? You'd be like, man, I'd love to give my opinion on sports. I'm like, all right, well, there it is. So I'm, uh, you know, yeah, this is it for me. I'm shutting down my recruitment. Well, yeah. I mean, selfishly, you're living my dream. When I was, you know, went to Indiana University back in 1998, I started a sport communication major, um, then lost my hair when I was about 20 years old and realized, you know, there can only be one Scott Van Pelt on ESPN. So <laughs> I, I chose a different route. But now that, you know, you, you've been with, with Daily Wire almost a year now, you've had some big names come through the show. Yeah. Is there any guest or, you know, any time you've been talking with somebody where oh, after a minute you just sit there and you're like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm, I'm not one to get like kind of starstruck, but, but there's been a couple of times. Brett Favre, getting him on was just because he was a childhood hero. That's like getting Chipper Jones on. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, you know, when we got Ron DeSantis on, and like I said, we don't talk politics. He was a, he was a All-American at Yale baseball player, team yeah. captain, hit like 333. I mean, we were talking about backdoor sliders with Ron DeSantis. He invited us to come down, and uh, he's got a batting cage in the governor's mansion and uh, to go play golf at TPC. So that was pretty cool. I mean, the dude could be the next president. Oh, wait, listen, if you can have the president be your friend. Nothing else really matters, right? So that was cool. <laughs> but no, um, you know, Kirby Smart, obviously, I love getting other coaches on. Uh, but I tell you what I enjoy the most, we get recruits on sometime. I, you know, I, I really enjoy talking to them, especially now uh, with NIL and, mm. and the way it's kind of worked. But man, we've had, you know, from Paul Feinbaum to, like I said, to Brett Favre. I mean, I go through the list. I mean, Frank Caliendo was hilarious. Uh, that was one of my favorites. We've had every coach under the sun. I mean, we've had Bruce Pearl and, uh, you know, Eric Musselman. So it's, um, it's been great. They've all been great, but uh, there's a couple that do stand out. The best interview probably was probably Pat Dye Jr. After Pat oh, Dye yeah. died, if you get a yeah. chance to go watch that one, man. If you're not if you're not crying after that one, then like they then there may be some sociopathic tendencies going on. We need to really <laughs> dive into. Now that you're getting some success, you've got a nationwide platform now. How are you able to kind of maintain some of that that humbleness or just, you know, still like focus in and like, hey, we still got to work and we still got to build this and we yeah. still, still got to show up every day. Yeah, I, I think that's where athletics comes into play. Um, you know, again, I've just trained my whole life, you know, that, that you want to win, obviously, but there's a way to win and that I'm not working. I'm not intimidated by working, especially doing this now compared to what I used to have to do. It's, sure. it's not even close. But I, I want to be the best. Like, again, it's just like anything. It's, 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 I wake up every morning enthusiastic, man, like, like ready to go. Like, and it's not because we start rolling the cameras. I forget we're even on camera. Like that yeah. part doesn't matter to me. Like the being on TV and, and all this other stuff, like really doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is like, I want my legacy to be like, he, he was really good at what he did. He loved what he did. He worked really hard, but he did it in a, the reason he was successful is because he did it in, you know, another way, kind of a different way. Like I'm, I'm ultra competitive too, man. So like, I think that the athletics part, you know, the way I was raised, um, I was told, you know, it, you, you've got to go out to work, go out and work to get what you want. And uh, again, we, we've had a lot of great success so far, uh, but like Nick Saban says, don't want to take the rat poison or, or the clutter. We're just going to focus on, you know, uh, on our craft and keep getting better and better every day at it, which I think we are. Um, it's a, it's a great answer. And I think that's why, 
you know, here, here, at least at Trine, about half of our students are student athletes. And yep. A lot of them are successful, you know, in professional and a lot of other things. Obviously, it's an advantage, man. It's an yeah. advantage. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jake, if people wanted to, to hear you, where can they find you? And if they wanted to follow you on social media, uh, yeah. where are you at? It's really easy. Just go to YouTube, type in Crane and Company. It's C-R-A-I-N and Company. We're on the Daily Wire uh, Plus now because uh, it's Daily Wire Plus. So go uh, subscribe over there. It's great stuff. And yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Like I said, we put out a show every day. We're actually putting shows out, eight eight shows um, during a week now, including the, the Sunday uh, recap and preview of the NFL games. On Twitter, I'm at Jake Crane underscore, or you can just follow us at Crane Company on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, TikTok. Uh, but yeah, man, social media, it's a big part of it. All right. And, and Twitter and, and Instagram, we got to get Jake verified. I don't understand why he doesn't. Well, see, what's crazy. So I was, I was. So as oh, the were- J-Boy show, I was verified. And so the rule, so when I came over the Daily Wire and we changed the name of the show, the rule Twitter has is uh, that if you change your handle, you got to re- get re-verified. So this is how crazy this is, man. So we, we submit for verification. They verify our new show handle okay. and don't re- give me my verification back. <laughs> So like, I'm, I know part of it's why, and I'm not going to go into it for, you know, certain, there's certain political organizations Twitter isn't exactly jacked and tan about, but that's a story for another day. But I, I resubmitted it now. I think I'm going to get it this time. But I'm like, guys, guys, I was verified. Look at the banner of the handle on Twitter of the place you just verified. That's me. I'm the one in the middle. So again, with those people, though, who knows, they, they, they'll figure it out eventually. All right. Well, Jake Crane, re- really appreciate it. Host of the uh, Crane and Company show on Daily Wire. Go check it out. Again, Jake, really appreciate the time. Thank you. Hey, definitely. And, and you guys keep doing it over there. Y'all got something special. Uh, and anytime you need me, just hit me up. Will do. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to listen to our next episode on September 29th as we speak with the sales and hiring coordinator at Peak Sport Management, Grayson Allen. As always, we'd like to say a special thank you to producer Josh Hornbacher for his work behind the scenes today. This is the Center for Sports Studies podcast, broadcasting from the Trine Broadcasting Network. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Center for Sports Studies podcast on your favorite podcasting platform and give us five-star rating if you like what you heard. For more information about the Center for Sports Studies, please visit trine.edu. Also be sure to like the Trine Center for Sports Studies on Facebook Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Trying CSS and subscribe to our YouTube page by searching for Trying University Center for Sports Studies. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.